Greetings. This is Pastor Dave Christensen from Living Word Lutheran Church in Marshall, Minnesota. We're thankful that you're joining us here on this podcast. Our podcasts each week are the sermons from the previous Sunday. It's our prayer that our sermons will bring correction and encouragement, that they'll uh, bring faith and hope and life, and uh, that Jesus will be glorified. And so we're thankful for your joining us. If you ever are in town or able to worship with us in person, we'd love to have you come and join us here at Living Word. On to the sermon. May it bless you and encourage you in faith in Jesus Christ. Have a great day. Well, good morning. On this great Labor Day weekend, for those watching online right now as well, thank you for tuning in. We are uh, actually at a spot we haven't been for quite a while. Um, we are in between sermon series. We finished up Nehemiah last week, and uh, we don't start our new sermon series in Titus till next week on Rally Sunday. We're kicking that off. And so I guess that means that this brings us into a time of our tithe and offerings. Uh, just kidding. I'm just, uh, we're just going to skip. Uh, that would be maybe great. Uh, but there is a one-off sermon today uh, for you in Hebrews chapter 11. That was what was on my heart. Hebrews chapter 11. This is normally called uh, in Scripture like the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And as you turn there... I will pray for our time together this morning. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having such a, a, a faithful record, Lord. And people, Lord, of faith that we can look back on and learn from. They were broken in their own right, God. We get to see that time and time in Scripture. But, Lord, your faithfulness transcended their unfaithfulness. And your goodness, God, covered their imperfections, Lord, by your grace, and we are so thankful, but yet there's things of merit that we can look back on and we can admire, Lord, that we can see your hand working in their lives and the way they responded, and so today, God, I just pray through Hebrews 11 and even chapter, a little bit in chapter 12, that you can use this word to encourage us, to correct us, to move whatever it is you need to accomplish in us this morning. It's in your name we gather and pray. Amen. <clears throat> so as I said, Hebrews chapter 11, it starts in this, this hall of faith. So it actually defines faith right away at the beginning of chapter 11. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, in verse 1, and certain of what we do not see. And then it says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Your version might say, you know, the, the, the old, older people of faith were commended for, or something in regards like that. This is exactly what it then gets into. The ancient people of faith, the very early on, in fact, it starts here listing with Abel, the first generation that never got to see God or walk with God. It starts with him and then moves on. It goes from Abel to Enoch to Noah to Abraham and Sarah, even mentions Isaac and Jacob a little bit. And it talks about by faith, by faith, by faith, they did these things. And then verse 13 comes, and this is where I want to start reading this morning in verse 13. See, after describing all these different people and what they were doing by faith, verse 13 says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on this earth. 
we have this hall of fame of these people that lived by faith. And this is all people that lived in the Old Testament before Jesus Christ. And if you're like me, when you see this list of people, you're probably like, wow, what's, what's one thing that they all have in common? You know, what, what was this, what was like the one, you know, the thread that kind of weaved them all together? And verse 13 gets to kind of show us that actually. It shows us that they all were, they, they, they all were living in faith when they died. They received the things promised. And then that last part is just really just huge to me. They admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. They admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Church, this is, I think, one of the most underappreciated simple truths that we have. All these people, they just, they just admitted, they understood this isn't it. When we were, I've shared this story a lot, but it kind of ties in today. I, I couldn't share this verse without talking about this story. But um, when we were in western Alaska in 2018, out at Camp A.N., uh, one of the themes that week, that one that really kind of that tied the week together, was this, that we are aliens in this world. That's what the slogan was, and we kind of kept talking about this. And I know you've heard me talk about this trip before, but um, Alaska, especially western Alaska and the villages, it's, it's one of the most spiritually dark places uh, I've ever been to, and I would say that exist. Two out of every three kids in the villages have seen rape or murder in their immediate family. And that doesn't mention the other types of domestic violence that happens or neglect or the crimes that they get to witness. That's just two crimes that, that go into that statistic. And as these kids come to camp, some of them, you know, have an eight-hour boat ride to camp, you know, they just sit on a, a, a floor of a boat, and they have to do eight hours. So the boats go to pick them up, and they don't say goodbye to anybody when they get on the boat. A lot of them don't. They just run from their village. They see the boat come up. They know it's going to camp. They just jump on the boat. They don't pack any bags. There's no, there's no clothes. They just jump on the boat. They just, they just got it. They're just ready to go. And as I, like, sit there at night in my sleeping bag, and I'm shivering inside my sleeping bag, and I got a puffy on, there's kids that are sleeping next to me that are just on a ball on the floor, you know? No, no pillow, no sleeping bag. They're just shivering. But that's normal to them. They didn't need to be told that they were out of place. These kids never knew anything different, but they understand they were missing out on something. And for them to hear this word that week at camp, it made a lot of sense in their mind because it didn't feel like home to them. Like this world wasn't feeling like home. They kind of felt like strays. Like is this, this, is it, this could be possibly be it? And they find out like that if you're aliens in Christ, when you're, you're in Christ, you're aliens in this world, you, have, you actually have a different home. It's just like, yeah, that clicks because I've never felt like I've been at home before. And I think that our circumstances here, they may look wildly different from those kids, but I think our core emotions and the way that we all relate to the world can actually be rather similar. Any of you felt out of place recently? Anyone in here felt confused and kind of like, what the heck is going on? 
You normally don't have to look too far. Anybody here felt lonely in the last year? Felt out of place? Kind of felt like, am I the only one who is like seeing it like this? Am I the only one? I just feel like, what is going on sometimes? I, don't, I feel like I can't even wrap my mind around it, and I just feel like, but everywhere I look just seems like that's normal. So am I the abnormal one? I just, I don't understand. Am I going crazy? And I really feel like this is, can be, you know, this is Christianity right now. Everything in the world just seems to be so, you know, just so divisive. Everything seems to be so tied to a side. Every issue or event or idea, people just draw a line in the sand and they say, you know, are you here or are you here? Are you in or are you out? The voices are so loud. Everyone wants to tell the world where they stand and they want to know where you stand on things. Are you a friend here or are you a foe? Are you, are you good? Or are you bad? Are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? We got to figure this out here. There's, there's only one or the other, and so figure it out. And I just feel like it can feel so lonely when you kind of are in the middle, and maybe you, you've felt that way at times in the last few years where you just feel like, I don't know if I really have an opinion. I'm just trying to love people around me, and I just feel like I got to always just jump to one side or the other, and when I do that, then I just feel like then, then I just the relationships get ruined or whatever it might be, you know? I think it can feel really lonely at times. It can feel like you're out of place. It can also feel like you just don't want to have to be a part of this culture or this climate or whatever it is anymore. You may even feel like you're a stranger on earth. Like you're an alien <clears throat> at times, meant to be somewhere else. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, these people of faith didn't fight or, or weren't confused by that fact. And I'm sure they felt similar from some of their own circumstances that, during their life. They felt similar at times, lonely, weird. But what they did is it seems like we see in 13, they embraced this. All of them admitted, just admitted and understood that they were aliens and strangers on this earth. They knew this isn't our home. They knew I'm a stranger here. And I think this can be a powerful force for Christians as we live out our faith, that we can embrace this truth. It helps make sense in all the senselessness. We're strangers on this earth. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we, e we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. We are citizens of heaven. So yes, there are going to be beautiful things in this world. I'm not saying that. But I think we could all agree that there are things that are going haywire. And if you know Christ, you know you've been saved, forgiven, adopted, and given a new home in heaven. And that is where you belong, and that is where you are going. We get to see a lot of the God's promises lived out for us in our lives. But as far as the promise of eternity goes... This is one that we can see. We have to just welcome it at a distance. And it says that in verse 13. 
says they didn't receive all the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them for a distance. And there's a lot of things that we promise as God grants us here and now that we get to live into. We get to see transformations in our life. But there's also this promise of eternity that's ahead of us that all we can do at this point is just welcome it at a distance. We know it's in our future. We know it's coming. And we welcome it and we're excited for it. But it's not here yet. We haven't stepped into it yet. This truth that we have a home can really guide us. John 14, <clears throat> Jesus says that he goes to prepare a place for us. He says, I, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And when you are in the arms of Jesus, then we're finally home, and you'll be right where you belong. Nothing else is out of place again. And so before I continue, I just want to say this. If you're here today and you've been feeling out of place and you didn't know why and maybe you're new to church or new to faith, I just want you to know that you are meant to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus sees you in your uncomfortable state. He sees you burdened. He sees your sin. He sees your shame. He might even see your confusion right now. And he wants to give you hope. And not just hope. He, wants to, he longs to give you a home. He longs to forgive you and to restore you and just to be in relationship with you. Do you want him? Do you need him? I do. There may be a bunch of things that you are confused by lately, but he doesn't want you to be confused about who he is. This is why our invisible God became visible. He came in the form of Jesus so that you could know him and that you could know that he is for you. And if that's you today, if you're here and the Lord is just tugging on your heart right now because you just feel like, man, I have been confused and I have been lonely and I do know that this is, can't be all there is and Jesus is my answer and I feel like I'm knowing that for the first time, we'd love to have a conversation with you. It is miserable to be, miserable being spiritually homeless. And so uh, don't leave this place today without talking to us. And I'll just invite you. We have prayer partners in our church, and I didn't talk to them ahead of time. But if uh, you're a prayer partner and you don't mind coming in front of the church at the end of the service, just in case somebody needs to have a, a, a conversation with you, that would be very helpful. But after that, I, I do want to move on. For those here now uh, whose citizenship is in heaven, we know that. We've been walking with the Lord for a long time. How do we respond to this news? How do we respond to this verse 13 that we're aliens and strangers on this earth? Well, I think there's two ways we can kind of respond to this. How we, and the first one is how we ought not respond, and that's living in bitterness and in fruitlessness. And I think sometimes what you can see with this is like, yes, I know that one day salvation is coming in eternity, and I know this world is just a pit, and so, Lord, I wish you just could take me now because that would be really great, and I just, this world is so miserable and frustrating, and we, you know, we're kicking rocks down the street, and we're just, like, waiting for eternity. That's not how the Lord wants you to respond to this news, right? 
He doesn't want you just to be focused on the world and, 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 and the worthlessness and the things that can be in it because there's some beautiful things and there's, there's, there's some truth that he gives us in Scripture of how we can walk with hope and purpose, and that is how he desires for us to respond when we hear these news. We can live out our lives in this world before we get welcomed into eternity with purpose and hope even in the midst of despair. So chapter 12, after verse, uh, chapter 11 kind of walks, or we have verse 13 where we talk about this, and then it goes back into people of faith, Moses, and talks about Abraham, Isaac, Japheth again, and, and kind of the things that happened in the Old Testament more through this hall of faith. And then at the beginning of verse 12, there's this, or excuse me, at chapter 12, there's this word that says, therefore. And so therefore, well, first of all, if you ever see the word therefore in Scripture, I always think it's a good time to kind of pause and say, um, what is the therefore, therefore, all right? And so uh, that's what, one of the things I do. So what's the therefore, therefore? So it's because of all this, because of the hall of faith, because we are, you know, strangers and aliens in this world, what does that mean for us? How should we respond to that good news? We know that doesn't just mean like, oh, I guess this world does stink and we don't belong here and we kick rocks. No, how are we supposed to respond? Well, therefore, because of all this, chapter 12, if you're there, you can read verses 1 through 3 with me. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us in the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary or lo and lose heart. The gospel, this idea of Christ saving us and transforming us and giving us our eternal destination transforms our hearts and our minds, our desires, our likes and dislikes, and it sets us on a brand new course that's heaven bound. And we see that in here that, so what are you going to do with this news of the gospel, the fact that this world is not yours? Well, it says, well, but let's throw it off. Don't focus on the world anymore. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And anything that hinders you or the sin that entangles you, toss that off because you have a job to do. There is a purpose on your life now. How you live matters. It matters to those around you. So we don't go kicking rocks and just buying our time until we get ushered into the gates of heaven. No, we have purpose in our lives as believers We get to walk. One day, yes, we'll be out of this world. We'll be in our new home. But until then, we have an opportunity to glorify God and to bring people with us to our new home. I'm going to throw off these things that hinder me. If I can't, if, if these things aren't helping me be used by God, if they're not helping me make an internal difference for the people around me, I'm just throwing them off. I can't afford to be walking around with these things that are clinging to me. I can't be afford to be walking around so frustrated with the world that I can't even go enter into it. 
Because there's people out there right now that still don't know Jesus and they're still thinking that this world is all there is and that always leads to hopelessness eventually. We don't need to be so frustrated at the world that we can't have sympathy for those in the world. We don't just face the world with harsh judgment. You're like, oh, forget this place. Forget those in it. Forget those people that, are, that, are, that don't understand it. Just forget it. No. I think we can have sympathy for the world when we understand that, boy, we know our destination. We know this isn't it. And I look out into the world and see that there's so many people that don't understand that truth and are just living for what's in front of them. And I have to show them exactly what there is to live for in Jesus Christ and that there is something after death and there is a new home that we can strive for. And the reason that they're feeling alienated and strange is because they're actually meant to be in a relationship with Jesus in a place not like this. So church, I just ask you this morning to fix your eyes on Jesus, the one that has saved you and desires all to be saved. I ask you to fix your eyes on Jesus and your new heavenly home so that you can be effective and fruitful. And even when you feel lonely or confused or frustrated with the state of the world, you will not grow weary or lose heart when our eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ and your new home that's coming. And church, that's why we're walking into Titus next week is because Titus is all about how, what do we do next? What do we do with the gospel? It transforms our life. And Dave said this last week in Nehemiah. What do we do now that we don't have to do anything anymore? God set you free. Now you got a lot of time to kill from now until that eternal destination. So what do we do? And Titus, I think, ushers us into just a great way to take God's grace and to turn it into some, some awesome and beautifully good things for the world around us. And we're excited to walk with you next week at Rally Sunday and over the next few weeks. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for giving us a new home. And Lord, I pray that that can transform our understanding of our purpose. It can give us hope in the midst of despair and the things that we feel. Lord, I just pray that you can encourage our hearts and minds today, that we too, like those in the hall of faith, God, can just admit this simple truth, that we're strangers here because of your good works. We're strangers here because of the ways you, you adopted us, Jesus, the way you claimed us, and the home that you've prepared for us. And so thank you for that truth. Let it change the way that we respond to those around us and the world around us. And so God, thank you for your goodness and your grace this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen.